0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The The tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to Jesus, and the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that falls to me. And he divided his living between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took his journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in loose living. And when he had spent everything, a great famine arose in that country, and he began to be in want. So he went and joined himself to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have fed on the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was yet at a distance, his father saw him and had compassion, and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and make merry for this my son was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found and they began to make merry now his elder son was in the field and as he came and drew near to the house He heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked what this meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has received him safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, Lo, these many years I have served you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your living with harlots, you killed for him the fatted calf. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to make merry and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. The Gospel of the Lord. One of the most beautiful parables of mercy uh, in the Gospel from chapter 15 of Luke's Gospel. And this is one of three parables of mercy that we have from the Lord in response to the response of the Pharisees and the scribes to the fact that sinners were drawing near to Christ. And so, as we said before, what should be a cause for rejoicing and what the Lord rejoices in, they are scandalized by. It shows how distant they are from the thinking of God. The Lord has come for sinners, and when sinners are drawing towards Him, He is fulfilling, again, that mission for which He has come. It is a great cause of rejoicing, and yet the scribes and the Pharisees are murmuring. And so, the Lord gives them three parables. He gives them uh, the parable of the lost sheep, he gives them the parable of the lost coin, and then he ends with the parable of the prodigal son. And so if we go to the church fathers, as we often do, the patristic insights are very beautiful on this scene. Pope Benedict also in his commentary, his Jesus of Nazareth commentary on scripture, he also uses the patristic insights to understand this, the beauty of this parable. And so he says, there was a man begins as a man and then says he has two sons. So we know that this man to be a father. And the younger of them said to his father, give me a share of the property that falls to me. Give me the inheritance. In a certain sense, it's to say, I wish you were dead already and I had the benefits of it. It's to completely disregard the one who has been so good to him. The father that has cared for him his entire life. The father that has loved him. And what he wants now is not the father, but what the father has things that are lesser than the Father. And the Father, it says, divided his living between them. In the Greek, and this is also what Pope Benedict notes, in the Greek it says that he divided his substance, his essence, between them. What he is is divided between the sons. And so as the church fathers see, this represents the way in which we are made in the likeness of God. When God creates us, he in a certain sense gives us of his essence in that he makes us in his image and likeness. And what we can do with that image and likeness is either move towards perfection and holiness or we can misuse it and become distorted. And so in a particular way, it represents the mind and the heart. And so as the son then takes this that is given him by the father, which could be used for good, He goes and squanders it. It says he took all that he had. So he takes these possessions, these lesser things, these things that he clings to. And it says he goes into a far country. And now obviously, as the church fathers point out, we can never be far away from God. God is present to all his creatures. But they say that we can move far away from God in our mind, in our heart, and in the fact that we can lose our own self. We move far away from God when we move far away in our mind from truth. And in that way, we take ourselves far away from God and His truth. One of the other church fathers interprets it as the heart. He says that we journey far from God when love becomes absent from our heart. I think it's St. Ambrose that says, that when we move far away from God, we lose our own self because we are only seen truly as we should be in the light of God. And so to distance ourself from our Creator is in a very real sense to lose ourselves. I think that is a wonderful interpretation because we see later is that when eventually this son has come to a, if, if you will, he's bottomed out in his life, It says, when he came to himself, that's the point of conversion. It's almost like a rediscovery of the self that coincides with the memory of the father. And so as he's gone, he's spent himself, given himself, lost himself, moved away from God, if you will, in the spiritual spiritual sense. And it says that when he had spent everything, there was a great famine. And that famine, as the church fathers say, represents the lack of truth, the lack of love, and also the loss of identity. And so distorted has he become in his interior that even his desires have changed. And that's what can happen with sin. When sin enters into our life, we stop desiring the things that we should, and we start desiring the things that we shouldn't. He had stopped desiring the table and the banquet of his his father, And he's got to the point now where he desires the pods that the pigs feed on. That is a profound image of what happens in sin in our life. We turn away from the banquet of what is offered us from heaven and we turn to what is the food of swine, the food of pigs, which is a profound image of what sin is. But it says, but no one gave him anything. We can see the absence of love. While every single one of his needs were taken care of by his Father, now he is in a place where no one will show him any charity, and that is because there is the absence of God and his truth and his love. This is what he has chosen. He's put himself in this position, in this absence, if you will, not because the Father wants it, but because he desires it. But then his conversion happens when he begins to remember the Father. And this is also true for us. The memory of the Father, the knowledge of the Father, is what is always calling us back. It is a call home. And he begins to remember the goodness of his Father. Not only that he has a Father, but that his Father is good and loving. And that his love extends beyond his children, even into his servants that all are treated with love in the house of the Father. And he realizes that he is not even worthy to be called one of the servants. So he is moved now, and he is moved with a proper grace of conversion, one that is touched also here with humility. He realizes his faults, and he realizes that his Father is innocent, and that he has only hurt the one who loved him. And so he makes a resolution to head towards the Father. And this is important as well with regards to the spiritual life. The Father is the final destination. And so he arose and he sets out upon this intention that he has fixed in his heart. And when he meets and encounters the embrace of the Father, he is home. And he begins that act of contrition And the father doesn't even let him finish. He turns and says to the servants, bring the best robe. That's normally how it's translated in our current English. But the Greek says, bring the first robe, the first. And that can mean first in terms of quality. But it can also, as the church fathers interpreted, represent the first, the one which was lost. And so they see it in terms of the graces that Adam had so that what was lost through sin, namely the best robe, the perfection of our human nature, tarnished by sin, now the Father calls, bring the first robe, bring the first robe and put it on him. And so also when we turn from sin and come back to the grace of God through the sacraments of the church, we are in a very real sense, clothed with the first robe again, in that we are filled with grace, Our sins are forgiven. We are washed clean in the blood of Christ, and we can begin that journey towards perfection. He says, put a ring on his hand, which is being taken into a family, and put shoes on his feet, and bring the fatted calf and kill it. This, as Pope Benedict says, is representative of the Eucharistic banquet, is that once we have passed through that confession of our sins, through the initiation into the church, through the sacraments, then we are invited to this banquet, this banquet of love, a banquet with the, which the Father prepares for those who have returned to him. And that, that is what he desires and that is what he rejoices in. And so in this season of Lent, we consider our own selves and the ways in which we might have distanced ourselves from God in our mind or our heart or our interior, or by grace. And we consider specifically in this time the Father in heaven who loves us, who has sent his Son for love of us, so that we might be able to return to him, to be clothed again with the first robe, and then to dine at his table, and to receive his love, and simply to be in his company. Amen.